0: Hello, and welcome to Launch Legends, the only podcast focused exclusively on the stories behind internet marketing's biggest and best launches. Each week, we sit down with an online marketing expert to tell the story of one of their launches what went well, what didn't, and how much cash they made. And now,
1: your host, Hamad Akbar. Hello and welcome to another episode of Launch Legends. Today we're joined by Rob Cornish. Rob actually has investment banking background. He left banking to pursue something that was more fulfilling and uh, gave him more freedom to spend time with his family. So Rob has done some big launches in the, in the last couple of years. So he goes into detail about the launches and openly shares stats. He talks a lot about how to create hype around launching your product and uh, how to get your affiliates excited. So before we go and watch the interview, please, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Thank you. Hey, Rob. So how did you first get into online marketing?
0: Well, It all started in 2010, so prior to that I spent 10 years in London working in the investment management field, so uh, equity long-only funds and also long-short hedge funds. And uh, our team of four, we survived the uh, initial shock of the credit crunch and uh, Great Recession, but in 2010 we were all let go. And um, I'd had a great time. I absolutely loved that industry. It was, it was a brilliant experience. Um, we had some really good success as well. Mm-hmm. But I'd always wanted to start my own business. And as you as you know, when you're in a, a nice job um, that you're enjoying, it's relatively well paid, etc. it's hard to, hard to leave. Of course. But of course. that was the excuse, really. That was the crossroads in 2010. Okay. So I looked at all sorts of different um, uh opportunities or, or avenues to go down things like franchises even opening local shops and things like that but settled on um the online okay well, probably for the same reasons that that you did or people watching this uh, okay. you know location independence scalability global audience
1: yeah.
0: um, lifestyle flexibility and so on so i was brand new didn't know anything about it at all okay. um and that was the starting point. So I to talk further about that, but that that was really the kind of genesis of, of me getting online back in uh, back in 2010.
1: You can talk further. I think uh, what was the point where you thought, okay, online marketing is for me? Did you read anything? Did you speak to someone
0: that got you into it? It was a lot of different factors. If you pin me down and said, what was what? You know, you can only pick one thing. I think it was probably um, the four-hour work week. Tim okay. Ferriss. Okay. Um, that I mean, not in itself, if I'd just read that on its own, it probably wouldn't have been enough. But I think that, like for many people, was a was a really big thing at the time. And just the, it, it opened your mind to the possibilities of, of something else, of a kind of doing stuff virtually okay. um, instead of a traditional form of, of, of business or, or employment. So, yeah, that, I, I'd go with that.
1: So how did you start, Did you start? what did you start reading, what courses did you do, and how did you get to a point where you had a decent sized list or a decent sized audience you could launch on?
0: Yeah, well, um, the first thing I did, which sounds very logical, but it was one of the, you know, it, it, it was a massive Pandora's box, okay. which unleashed all sorts of confusion, was just I went to Google and typed in how to make money online. right which is probably the worst if you want to make money online that's probably the worst thing to do (laughs) because uh you get you know there's all and it was probably even worse back then because there was you know there's all sorts of junk even more so than there is today so um i kind of was struggling to with information overload trying to figure out different ways and, and trying to figure out um you know what people were saying was different from what they were doing themselves and and all this sort of stuff so i spent essentially six months from April 2010 to kind of autumn time. Right. Uh, j- just just flailing around and, and trying things. One of the things that was big back then was SEO. Yeah. So I was trying, I was creating lots of like small sites on niche subjects, trying to rank them in the search engines. And it was, uh, it was just huge amounts of work for incredibly low, well, nothing basically. Right. Eventually one site uh, actually did, uh, generate me some AdSense revenue.
1: Okay.
0: Um, I had a little Amazon store on there, and that was in a bizarre. I mean, it's laughable, but it was in um, collectible vintage metal lunchboxes. Okay. I mean, just nuts. Uh, but but you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. I made loads of mistakes, but that that from that I realised, which is so oh. obvious anyway, I should have known it before. But I realised that I needed a much bigger, more profitable. Market. Mm-hmm. So, what I did then was transition into the uh, the stock market niche, which obviously aligned with my previous expertise in in that industry. And that rolling into 2011, and then that became my first, um, what well, six figures plus in sales online uh, okay. back then. So, so, so that was that was kind company. of the big milestone for me, really.
1: So, let's talk about the launch, the first big launch you had. So, could you break yeah. down you you know what did you do?
0: get there yeah so essentially it was a, it was an online course um, with a manual a printed manual um okay. sent out in the in the post uh snail mail <clears throat> um and it was it was it was a strategy that i'd used professionally in my previous okay. career you know with the hedge funds and, and equity um, investing and, and trading to time trades and stuff so i packaged that up in a in you know and used introduced tools that were readily available to the home investor rather than you know a Bloomberg terminal for example which it costs thousands you know which isn't isn't accessible to to everyone um and and so put that together um and then we marketed that online um I did some uh I did a, a v, what's now called a VSL, I'm not sure right. what the term was was around back then, a, a video sales letter, yeah. a series of those. So building up some, some training, uh, free content, and then answering questions and uh, introducing what the course is about and so on. And um, in terms of the marketing, that was done through uh, marketing partners, so j- joint ventures essentially on okay. a commission split. So, did you have so, at that point, uh, Rob? Sorry, did you have a list? Okay. Did you have a big list? No. Okay, no, nothing at all. So zero. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, well, I say zero. What I had done is started because um, I was in all the, like I said, all these different like niche markets and all sorts of crazy stuff, and then went into the stock market niche. At the same time, around kind of probably December 2010, I'd created my site, which is which is still my main site gainhigherground.com okay. and that is that was started you can still see the posts back there if you go back far enough but yeah. um it was just a just an online journal really for what i was learning okay. um hold myself accountable yeah and i put a little opt in box in there so I, I i don't know but maybe i had a few subscribers at the time of that launch probably had like 20 odd subscribers but yeah. i because that blog was on marketing yeah uh, as opposed to the stock market, I, I, I didn't um, cross the two. So there was no promotion at all to okay. any list I had myself. So it was all okay. done uh, through marketing partners.
1: Okay. So when you say marketing partners, a lot of people struggle with getting people on board, JV Partners, to promote them. How was that experience yeah. for you? Right.
0: Well, at that point, I didn't have any insights into doing that really at all. Um, so really, I just had... Um, uh, a product and was, i knew somebody a friend of a friend who w- had a newsletter and talked and promoted some products in the financial sort of investing trading space yeah. um, so i really just approached them through this okay. friend and said is this like something that i could do or your audience might be interested in okay. and they said yes um now um looking back I got screwed on the commission okay. um I you know there was various other things which were not optimal let's okay. say but that's fine because again uh, I think when you're starting out you just got to get in the game and get some experience and you can read a hundred books mm-hmm. so there's nothing that I mean there's there's various aspects of that that I wouldn't do again I wouldn't okay. agree to those commission rates for example but I don't I haven't got a problem I don't regret that because it, it just got me the experience and got me okay. going okay so uh that was the initial thing, so it was just just and I still think that for someone starting out today, if you're looking for a marketing partner, yeah. you don 't need to do a big pitch uh, at them just go look this is this is what i 've got. Do you think this might be of interest to your audience okay. and uh, get the conversation going um, you know and uh, just just find out and you if they say no, you can still take if they give you feedback, you can use that, incorporate it, maybe adjust your positioning go to someone else and, okay. and eventually provided you've got a great product and a good yeah. offer, then, then it will happen for you. I should just add what, what happened was that, um, and this is another strategy, which can be really useful is I started off with, with this one marketing partner who yeah. had the list after we did the initial launch to yeah. their list. They would, they then were able to refer me onto other people that they knew. Okay um uh who also promoted this same product okay um, so and of course at that point then you've actually got some stats you've got some sales numbers eP earnings per click or, or whatever yeah. people are looking for in whatever market you're in um, and then that that obviously that's when the snowball starts to creak forward and gain some momentum um, so it, it is true it's it's the hardest thing to begin with but okay. um, but but once you've got some momentum then it then it does become easier
1: so how did you structure the offer could you talk me through how you did the pre-launch and what the offer was about
0: yeah basically it was a kind of sort of um a a simplified version of what of what you would get in a in a bigger product launch so so the idea really is to create an event um events are you know, just psychologically, as humans, people are attracted to an event. So, um, if you can trail that before—I mean, if you, classic examples—if you look at how Apple launch products, yeah. for example, you know they trail it, bits get leaked out, every, there's excitement, there's rumours. Uh, yeah. They do a launch. They, they, you know, they're holding it back. They don't just put up a blog post, right, and say, "Oh, this is our new product." So that sequencing—if um, you get that you can just take elements of it and construct your own launch. So in this particular case, and other launches I've done have been very similar, you start off with, let's say, I mean, I can't remember exactly the emails and everything now because it's such a long time ago. But um, for example, on a Friday, you could send out an email saying, um, I've got big news coming on Monday. Please watch your your inbox at midday on Monday. I'm going to make a big announcement. Then on Monday, you say, oh, put together this, you know, for the past six months or whatever, I've been working on this new project. I've been dying to tell you about it. It's finally ready. So from tomorrow, we're going to start this training. I'm going to tell you all about it. Um, Please, you know, again, watch your your inbox so it's a bit like a movie trailer you know where you see the bus going up Kensington High Street or whatever city you live in and it's got you know coming soon on April the 23rd whatever it's the same thing right And, and that's done in all sorts of industries because it works and you can do it via email right um or whatever medium you're using so um what you've got then is is some training is some content so what you want to be doing is is People, you know, people want to buy. They don't like like to be sold to really. Yeah. So try to add value, talk them through the system, okay. try and give them. What I try and do is give them enough information and step-by-step training that they can do it on their own without whatever you're selling. Okay. Now That sounds crazy, but w- w- what it does is A, help them, which okay. is I'm a big believer in just giving value because that okay. value does come back. Yeah. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but sometime it comes back in spades. But secondly, um, it, it can really um, make, they end up with a mindset of, wow, if this is, the fr- this is the free stuff, right? I've just learned so much. This is so much more than other people give. Okay. God, if, if this is the free stuff, imagine what the product's going to be like. Right, Unbelievable. So then again, you don't spring the the launch on them or the the sales pitch on them. Just say, so if you've got a video on Tuesday or Wednesday, say, okay, so here, this is pure content. We're just going to go through the system. I'm really excited about this. Let me walk you through it. And then, um, in a few days time, I'm going to, um, send you another video. We're going to pick up on some questions and answers that we've got in, uh, about this video and I'm also going to tell you about the brand new course that I'm going to be or product or software app uh, that we're going to be uh, going to be releasing soon okay Um, uh, but whether or whether or not that's right for you we'll see later on but right now we're just talking about content so again you're 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 front running um you're uh telling people what's coming on uh what's going to happen tomorrow the next day you're also so that's part of the event you're also talking about um you're introducing social proof because you're talking about we're going to answer some of the questions we had loads of questions come in I know people really want to ask this. Yeah. So you can go through Q&A. So a great thing to do, we didn't do it in this first launch, but I've done it subsequently, is do a QA and a video. Okay. Um, and that's good because, again, you're alluding to the event. People think, oh, wow, everyone's on this. People are asking questions and so on. But all of Q&A really is, 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 is probably the best um, – strategy and marketing to overcome people's objections i.e. reasons why they don't want they won't buy your product got it so what is it why would people land on your sales page and not buy there's so much focus on buyers and and benefits and get them in and all everything but what about all the people that that, that most people who land on your page will not buy right Uh, so why is that and what can we do with those people They've got all got reservations. Maybe they don't believe the product. They don't believe you. They don't know you. Yeah. Perhaps uh, they, they think, ah oh, it'll just be the same as this other thing I've seen. So they don't think it's different. Yeah. Or maybe they believe you the, in yeah. the product. They think it's great, but, and this is a big one, they don't believe it'll work for them because they've got insecurity maybe they failed in the past they think oh yeah i i can see it's got it work for work for hamid it's going to work for all these other people i believe that i know it's going to work but it okay. won't work for me that's a massive hurdle okay. so by spending some time possibly in a in A Q&A video or even on the written sales page or in an email and addressing those q a that's Q That's a big conversion booster, wow. just as much as focusing on the people who are predisposed to buy anyway. So, well, so that's part of it as well. The QA. and yeah. A, and then um, you finally um, do the do the do the launch. So you go through, uh, say, right tomorrow, we're, we're opening the doors again, midday or whatever time,
1: yeah.
0: um, and that's where you go into a full on sales pitch and the sales pitch itself is structured i can walk you through that as well if you if you like so before that how many times do you
1: reach out to them how many emails or how many times do you send out uh, educational content before the launch and what's the gap
0: between each piece of content yeah great question well i I think for me uh, it's changed a bit i think um back in 2010 for example around that time you could do launches which were say 10 days or Even longer, sometimes I'm sure I've, I used to see things that which were almost two weeks, okay. but people's attention span has got a lot shorter. There was no, okay. there wasn't really any social media or anything even back then. Okay. Um, there are so many distractions now. It's it's a good idea to compress it. So what okay. I do um, pretty much now is do five, maybe six day maximum okay. launches. Okay um that, that that's pretty much it now that's just me you'll probably meet somebody else who says two weeks works better it depends obviously um but even i mean i i've done offers which maybe i don't know whether you'd even call them launches but more like special offers which can last 48 hours okay okay so, so a much more condensed okay. thing the key thing is is that you always you never want to get uh, repetitive or feel like you're, the, the momentum's lagging. So every email you send, yeah. you want to have a key reason okay. why you're sending it. Okay. So here's what's going to happen tomorrow. Oh, we've just had loads of questions in, so I wanted to let you know about these questions. Okay. Uh, another email, oh, we've just announced the deadline when this is going to shut. Okay. So this is the reason I'm sending this email. So always have a reason why you're getting in touch, okay. and then it's always fresh, and you're training people that – Whenever they open an email from you, they're going to learn something important. Okay. If you're just doing reminders, yeah. oh, in case you missed this email, here, here's the thing. That's fine. And you can do that, say, once or twice, okay. particularly on the last day. Yeah. Send two or three emails maybe I do on the last okay. day. And okay. just go, you know, clock's ticking down and we've only got a few hours to go. Here's another way of looking at it you know, if you're not going to do this, what are you going to do and that kind yep. of thing. Uh, but those are the exceptions. The general rule is you just always want to have something to talk about. Okay. So provided you you keep to that rule, I think you could pick whatever space you like. But obviously the longer you go, if you go two weeks, that's pretty yep. difficult to come up with something brand new every email. Okay. So I think condensing it down is, is generally better.
1: Got it. Let's talk about the numbers. So your first big launch, the one you did with, with your partner, let's talk about the revenue and uh, any recurring revenue.
0: Yeah, well, the, the, that first one, I'd have to look the actual numbers up. It was, um, it was just over, I think, a couple of hundred thousand dollars. in that's gross revenue so remember like we mentioned earlier on commissions that's one expense because you've got to pay the marketing partners you've also got in this case i've never done this i have done physical dvds and stuff but i I don't even do that anymore because nobody has a dvd player but um back then we did printed um booklets as well so that's another then you've got taxes you've got all sorts of stuff so a, as you know there's a massive difference well depending on what you do between um you know gross revenue and profit so but that's the kind of ballpark right uh, that, for, for those numbers um, the structure Though of of that launch, made lots of mistakes and it was pretty rough around the edges. I'd never done anything like it before. That that broad structure really though is the same for whether you do you sell ten copies or you really leverage it up and you get many many more marketing partners on. I mean that's one of the things I could have should have done probably that I didn't is push harder to spread it out and get more and more marketing partners on. I'm sure we. I could have done a lot better. You know, you can always look back with hindsight. So, um, how you do you
1: think now? Let's talk about your latest, not latest, your biggest launch, and what worked there. And you know, looking back, what would you have applied on the first launch?
0: Yeah. Um, well, let's let's see. Um, I think some of the um, some of the things that. Uh, have changed or what one of the things so for example you take take um i did a little software piece of software now this is a budget product so the revenue is much lower okay 12.95 i still still sell sales now actually uh but much more on an evergreen basis rather than a launch or anything Uh, and it's just all it is a browser extension Okay. okay All right, and it's it, it, I sold that I th- think for twelve ninety five, so very cheap one off cost. Okay. All right, What's the name of the product? and uh, it's called Spy Bar. You can find it online. All okay. right, so, so basically, j- just the where I got the idea, and there's another lesson here, I suppose, is that yeah. I went to a website. Yeah, um, I think it was called what What WordPress theme is that .com or something? So you see a nice design of a website. Many sites are built on WordPress. You think, oh, what theme? What theme are they using? I wouldn't mind having a look at that. Uh, So you can go to this website. um, What what WordPress theme is that? And put in your domain name. Click click go, and it will tell you like the 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 theme and the plugins that are installed and stuff like that. It's quite interesting. So I did that once. I thought, oh, that's quite good. Wouldn't it be cool if you could just click a button though on the site? So I sketched it out on a piece of paper. Uh, just you know, like oh, here's the button. Really rough, like whatever. Yes. Put it on. Um, well, it would, would have been then. Elamps, okay. row desk. Now Upwork. Okay, and um, it was three hundred bucks, right, for a um, for a prototype. <laughs> so uh, very very rough, but it worked. I thought, oh, that's quite good. And really, almost it was for myself. And this is a lesson in like. If, even if there's something free out there all right and it's totally free you do not need spybar or my, my browser extension to do this you can do it for free you can right click look at the source code or you can go to that website which is totally free yeah. probably still online and um but all i did was do one thing which made which reduced a little bit of time and hassle for people okay Literally one click, so it's hard. Well, it saved them like three or four clicks and a bit of typing. Nothing yeah. more than that. And obviously, this is very small. It's a budget product. You know, this is not a big SaaS operation at all. But it's. I think some of the lessons you could probably you know use. So, um, I thought, do you know what? I'll put this out. Why not? So I wrote a sales page, did a little demo video. Um, okay. You can see it if you look on um, cool. on spy bar. It's, I mean, it's, it's a tiny little thing, and and put that out and. I used a similar launch uh, process to the one we talked about
1: okay.
0: um, to to go out and um, and market this. Now I added a couple of upsells, which were information products, because obviously the price is so low that affiliates, okay. you know, and, and JV partners wouldn't really promote. And I offered one hundred percent, I think, or seventy five percent of the the selling price. Okay. Added some upsells, more expensive, so they could make a reasonable. You know, hundred bucks or something like that so um but people thought it was a cool tool to use i thought oh yeah i'll send out on this so so uh, and that shifted i think during the launch period again i can't remember It's probably like six days something like that that yes. shifted about three thousand units
1: wow okay and
0: then from that then i i went on and i um uh Got that up to sort of over five thousand and so on. So it's a tiny little thing. The money wise, obviously, there's hardly any money in it for me. But what it yeah, did, do, of course,
1: yeah.
0: is bring yeah. a lot of buyers into my list. Yeah, and they went on then to produce to um, some of them will go on to join my continuity programs where it's pri- membership sites that price every month or my coaching, or sometimes even consulting, which I do a lot of at at the moment, and so on. So this, the idea is is very much that, that example is not uh, a bit different to the stock market product, which was a few hundred pounds um, or dollars. This one, there's no real money on the front end, but the money comes later on the back end. The other lesson, sorry, go go ahead.
1: Sorry, sorry, Rob. Uh, How much money do you reckon you've made over time from those 5,000 customers? I know you wouldn't know the right right answer, but what way
0: answer? Yeah, I can't. I honestly can't say. I can certainly tell you that that several of them um, have gone on to uh, buy, say, five thousand dollar, you know, mentoring or or coaching or consulting packages from me. Okay. But uh, and, and other people have joined thirty seven dollar a month continuity. They've they joined. I've, at the moment, I do a. Um, A $200 a month program as well Uh, some of those would have will have come from 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 that original product or other similar products that that I put out like that so the idea is it's 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 not a loss leader because you're not losing money you're you're actually making money but just some pocket change if you like but for the greater good later on of, of um, so it's almost like launching a book right so a lot of lot of authors or coaches or speakers would put out a book they're not going to make any money out of the book right they might even lose money on the book but yeah. then that they've got people uh, onto their list in their audience uh, yeah. they can engage with them and, and then you know you, you you instead of taking a myopic view you're looking longer term for your for your business so,
1: so Rob, for this particular launch did you use your own list as well or you just use jV's again?
0: Yeah, I did. Yeah. I used, so by that time, um, going back to the, my main website that we talked about where I set that up in 2010, that started off as an initial tiny little blog. Um, but obviously and I was just doing some content marketing. So I did some like guest posts back then, and um, okay. uh, I did some interviews like this with other people. So people click through um, and okay. join my list. Um, I wrote some, some articles for premium newsletters that were going out to, to big audiences through the post and that kind of thing. So I'd gain a small audience, but the thing with content marketing, in my experience anyway, is that it doesn't necessarily generate huge volumes of traffic like a JV partner sending to their list or when you buy paid traffic, but the traffic content marketing does generate tends to be really high quality because they've engaged first, they've taken the trouble to even scroll down, which not everyone does, then they've clicked a link, then they've checked you out on your site, then they've decided they like all of that and they want to join your list. So that's much, much higher then it generally, than if somebody's seen an ad, they yeah. click through, they see your opt in page, they think, Oh, that's quite good. Mm, I'd really like that that free report, but I don't, I don't really want to give them my email address right. I'll put in joke at gmail.com or something, yeah. you know, extreme example, but you see the difference. Yeah. So I built a small list there. So at that stage, and I've done launches before that and after that as well. Uh, yeah. So um, some of those sales like you say the the 3 3000 whatever it was sales initially yeah. um then that was um I'd, I'd say even it probably like 15% probably from my list but the rest the vast majority would wow. be from jv partners affiliates so um, couple of questions so it, so it really is driven by that was the purpose of it is to bring in new leads got it so
1: so, a, how big was your list at that
0: point? I know it was a small list, I but I think I honestly can't remember. Um, I can't remember. Um, I would – but probably something like 6,000, okay. something like that. Got gotcha. it.
1: Yeah. What, how was your experience hiring JVs, you know, getting JVs on board at that time? How many JVs did you get, and how did you reach out, and how did, were they really receptive?
0: Well, again, um, for that, um, in terms of the numbers, you, you're probably looking for that as probably about, let's say, 40 JV partners. I, well, I'm calling them JV partners. I would call them more affiliates. So the diff, the distinction in my mind, the way I look at it, is that mm. a JV partner is someone you work with. You talk on Zoom or you know yeah. them, you work with them in much more detail, whereas yeah. an affiliate – which is what this was, was really someone who just arrives at your affiliate page, uh, thinks, oh, this is a cool product. I'll promote it. They sign up and you know their name and their email and stuff, but you might never speak to them. It's just a much more of a transactional relationship rather than a deeper relationship. So I would, I would class all of those people and that launch uh, much more as, um, as affiliates. Uh, in the way I look at things, um, but yeah, so, so say there's 40 and again, I, you know, uh, Plus or minus 10 or whatever. But again, you've got that, it's very top heavy. And this is the same with any launch. So you'll get, it's the Pareto principle, you'll get um, 80% of your sales from 20% of your affiliates. In fact, I mean, years ago, I wrote a blog post saying it's not 80 20, it's probably 90 10 or 95 5. Yeah, yeah. I don't know your experience, Hamid, but it, 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 it's amazing how. Virtually every everything, any distribution you look in your business, whether it's customer support or or anything, affiliates, it is weighted in, in a small amount. You're right. It's the same with your audience, right? You you have what everyone says. How big's your list, or what, what's the what's the size of this? But the real question is, is how many clicks can you send? to an offer because you can have mass thousands of people, which are dead weight. Okay. And within that, that audience, if you've got to say a thousand people or 10,000 or a hundred thousand, that there's some people moderately interested, mm-hmm. but then as you get down, then you've got the 1% who are super fans. Wow. And I forget there's something in marketing. I forget who said it, but they said, all you need is is a thousand super fans and you're multi-millionaire or something, something like that. I I, I can't quite, um, remember who, who said something to that effect, but I think that is absolutely true. So, okay. it, understanding those distributions are really important. Okay. But one thing I am mindful—stop, stop me if I'm if I'm going oh, off at right. um Yeah, um, with the with the affiliates, I'm very mindful. This is another thing that I've I learned going through launches. Like, I had no clue about initially. Is that there's. Broadly speaking, there's small there's the long tail of smaller affiliates. So okay. people, a product like that for a browser extension or a, or a SaaS app or something, they might like it, use it themselves. They want to promote it. They've got a small blog, virtually small traffic, or they've got a tiny list, and okay. they they just want to make a recommendation, right? Um, whether it's something like Schedule Once or a graphics app or whatever, you know, okay. um, and they will probably make they'll probably refer some some clients. Um, and they don't refer many, but there's a lot of those people. Then you've got the big fish at the other end. So it's very easy to reward the big fish and, and that's logical. But it's also good to keep in mind the smaller um the many more smaller affiliates that, yeah. that have potential. So one of the things that I started introducing was financial incentives for promotion. So as well as the commission, also do prize funds. So during the launch period, you can um, uh, set up a prize fund so whoever gets the most sales gets whatever yeah, and so on. Many of those are very, very top-heavy as well. Um, So most of the money... 90% of the money goes to the top three. The problem then is the small affiliates, they know I've got no chance of beating the big fish, right? I've got no chance. What's the incentive to promote? So some of the things that I've tried to do is it's very subtle, but just tried to make the distribution of, in that example, prize money a little bit more linear rather than totally top-heavy and give an incentive for people to move up the leaderboard. So for example, you know have a meaningful marginal increase from okay. position 10 to, to 9 okay. you know rather than just rubbish money and, and then it all uh-huh. comes up the so these are very sim- simple things but i've found them to be quite effective okay. the other thing um in terms of lessons learned is get get affiliates which i wasn't doing at the beginning at all is is communication, so everyone's focusing on like we talked earlier. Communication. You asked, how do you you know position the launch? What emails do you send, etc. And that's great. That's with the customers, but equal attention should be given to communication with your marketing partners. Yeah. So, yes, incentivize them through finance. But if you can update them, it's amazing. I'm amazed that I, I promote a few um, tools that I use myself. It's not my main business affiliate marketing, but I just you know, put a few things up, but I'm constantly amazed at how you know that they'll send quite big companies, they'll send you an email, go, Oh, we've got a new uh release come out, and it's just a one off email. They don't trail it, they don't check in and say, Oh, how are you doing? Is there anything we can help with? Um, occasionally, yeah. you get that, but there's a deficit there. So, I think by looking after your marketing partners and affiliates. Keeping them on board and keeping them engaged, yeah. you're basically you're creating a marketing army. Okay. And when you want to do something else, like launch a new product or a new premium tier on your service or, or whatever it is, they'll feel respected. They like the company they're working with. They'll be more ready to spring into action when you need them. Great, great.
1: So, uh, Rob, what platform do you use? JVZoo or ClickBank or anything like that?
0: Um, well. I've used a variety of different things. Uh, so let's go through very quickly. So, right, right at the beginning, um, we used merchant accounts because um, there, was, there was no Stripe. You, you had PayPal, but it was very early day, relatively early days. Uh, so, so, on the, in the stock market uh, example we looked at, um, that was all merchant accounts there. Um, then, then there was PayPal. I've had continuity programs in, in ClickBank. Okay. Um, which is it's sort of love and hate relationship I mean it it, it went through a very very poor stage where I, I just didn't want to be associated with it because of some of the kind of products that were on there I think they cleaned up their act yeah. uh, under some pressure from the FTC um it it, it still isn't great there's fees but it has some advantages um, and um, it's quite it's a bit unique in that they sell the products instead of and, and then Pay so for people concerned about EU VAT rules and things like that, it, it's, it's an, an option to consider. Uh, it's certainly very solid. Um, so, a little bit of click uh, well, over years, uh, some continuity through ClickBank uh, membership site. Um, then, like you say, JVZoo, I've used that, or there's one called Warrior Plus. Yeah, these are very specific to online marketing and internet marketing, though. Um, I don't use those so much anymore, though. So I nowadays I use something called ThriveCart, okay. which um, is uh, kind of a specialist um, shopping cart. So rather than a shopping cart built into a big platform um, with the with the company trying to do everything, yeah. they just specialize in shopping cart, and you, you can do an awful lot with that. Um, yeah. It's it, I really like it. So Thrivecart in terms of shopping cart is what what I use now. And that integrates well with like the reporting side. So I can download that. I can give it to my bookkeeper. She can update zero uh, that I I use for the bookkeeping that goes off to the accountant. So it's not perfect, but it's kind of um, that's, that's what that's what I'm my current setup is.
1: Great. Rob. that's uh, brilliant. So one last question. So, you know, pretty much a lot about launches. You've been in it for 10 years, pretty much. Who's taught you the most about launches and who's been your mentor? Well,
0: that's a difficult question to answer because um, it's it's a bit like the, the question, you know, who, who got into it? I picked uh, Tim Ferriss, didn't I, with the the book. Um, I, I think this is a bit of a get-out Uh, answer um, but it's the honest one that I can give you is that the the biggest mentor has been studying and watching other launches okay so rather than one particular person um, is just going behind the scenes and and they call this phrase funnel hacking if you like but I was doing that way before that term came out Um, It's probably not the best description. But just looking at what you see, not as a customer, like, should I buy this? But actually, what are they doing here? Even what subject line have they used in this email? Okay, we've opened the email. What are they doing here? What, What buttons are they pressing? Really understanding that. Because at the end of the day, Mm-hmm. whether it's a launch or you're doing uh, consultation calls to, to go into coaching or consulting, or you're selling a membership site, which can be a completely different model. We could talk about that for a long time. Yeah. Then uh, all of what underlies all of that is psychology. So, so understand just watching and observing and really trying to reverse engineer the psychology behind these launches, whether it's creating an event in a launch or, um, or, or, or adding more, a product stack, bonus stack to encourage people to get into continuity or whatever it is. That is is the biggest mentor you can get.
1: Great, great, great. Rob, that was really good. A lot of value you provided, Well, Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for the interview and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure. Great speaking with you, Hamid. And that's it for this episode of Launch Legends. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and share more online marketing launch stories, please search for Launch Legends in your favorite podcast listening app. And then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.